Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summero and subscribe to StacySummero.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I'm thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hello, friends. It's 20 degrees here. I don't know about you, but I have super thin hair and uh, it turns into static when the weather is so cold and dry. So my daughter and I have the same kind of hair and it's just like, I feel like a puff ball walking around. It's hilarious. I've been keeping warm with this fantastic Mystic Monk coffee. This isn't a sponsorship. I just really like Mystic Monk coffee. It's made by Carmelite monks in Wyoming, I believe. You can check them out. They have amazing flavors, really fun stuff, and it's delicious. A fan of the Called and Caffeinated show recently wrote a letter to their diocesan young adult director, and he invited me to come speak like the next day. If you've been thinking that you want to connect with me in person, I would love that so much. I love traveling to meet and speak to people. So just reach out to whoever's in charge of your parish or your diocese and we'll talk. Uh, please pray for my travels this month. I'm traveling to Raleigh, North Carolina, as well as my old hometown of State College and my other old hometown of Manassas, Virginia. So it's going to be a busy month coming up, and I'm just so, so grateful for the opportunity to speak. It's not only is it fun, it's so fulfilling, and I love connecting with you guys in person. For some reason lately, I've just been thinking a lot about my time in New York City. I still miss that place sometimes, and I was thinking about my days as a Broadway touring actress in New York City. And so I'm going to sing something that's way off brand today, but it's much more from my old wheelhouse. I'm going to sing at the end of the episode, If I Loved You from Carousel. This was one of my old audition songs and I have so many good memories of just like warming up and singing this song at like 9 a.m. in a dance studio in front of people I wanted to please <laughs> who I wanted to cast me in a show. I can't wait to tell you guys about today's sponsor the beloved and worthy challenge. So it's been on my heart for months to write a scripture-based retreat for women because for years I walked around carrying this belief that I was inadequate. I totally believed the devil's lies that I was fundamentally lacking. I compared myself to others constantly and I just hated how I looked. Not only was this painful, but it also kept me from my true God-given purpose and mission. Once I started to read and meditate on scripture, I began to understand what God thinks of me. Oh my goodness, what a game changer. Women, we are beloved daughters of God, and He wants us to walk in deep security and hope. I cannot wait to have the opportunity to help illuminate the truth for you. Find it at stacysummerow.com slash shop or click on the link in the show notes. Or you can get this and all future challenges that I am putting together free when you become a member of my Patreon community. Patreon is a way for creatives to create sustainable income. Besides the challenges, you get exclusive access to my faith and lifestyle show called Coffee Sips, as well as monthly video chats with me and my cronies. Membership starts at just $5 a month, and it's a real community of support with like-minded friends. Find out more by visiting patreon.com slash caffeinated or by clicking on the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Serving the Aged Lovingly Today mission program, abbreviated as SALT. Single young women ages 18 through 40, I am asking you to consider joining SALT for a week of service to the elderly alongside the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. 
I had the pleasure of being a founding coordinator of this program, and I'm telling you, you can't find better people than the residents and the Carmelite sisters. No matter how well someone is taken care of physically, many nursing home residents just have no one to visit them, and the loneliness can be crushing. SALT missionaries spend quality time with the residents, which is healing and meaningful for them in their final years of life. The residents treasure the missionaries, and they entrust them with their life stories. So it's funny how the missionaries just leave feeling like they've been the beneficiaries. It's part of this mystery of fulfillment. By giving yourself away, you find yourself. The Carmelite sisters didn't want to make cost prohibitive, so SALT is completely free. You are never going to get a better deal than this. You just take care of your own travel expenses. This year, there are two programs. One is in Columbus, Ohio, and the other is in Dublin, Ireland. Picture yourself in a 12th century castle overlooking the Irish Sea in Dublin, or a medieval-style retreat house featuring these breathtaking murals in Columbus. Visit carmelitesisters.com salt dash program for more information and to apply, or click on the link in the show notes. And now on to my episode with the hilarious and wise Paul J. Kim. This guy delights audiences across the USA with his relevant messages and humor. And I was so fortunate to sit down with him at the National Catholic Youth Conference where we were both speakers. It was a truly live experience, so forgive the background noises. Paul and I are laying down all those things that single people need to hear that no one talks about. And I think you're gonna love it. Paul, thank you so much for being my guest on Calling Caffeinated. My pleasure. <laughs> yes. Um, so, what calls have you received from God in your life so far, and what do those calls look and feel like? Wow, that's a big question. It's um, a big question. So, what calls in my life? I mean, obviously, uh, I was called to be a child of God through baptism. Yes. That's a pretty big call. <laughs> yes. Um, my family came from South Korea, and my dad was the first convert in my family. And so, um, when he accepted the Catholic faith, um, you know, obviously I was a recipient of that, that blessing and that mm. gift as well, just being in the family. Yeah. And so that's one of the gifts that I'll always be grateful for. Um, but obviously I didn't like going to church growing up, and it wasn't until college where it really took root. And yes. so I radically started seeking God in my personal life. And so there was that call, and then there was a call to discern priesthood and religious life. So yes. that was another part of my chapter. Yes. And so I did that for a few years in New York City with the Franciscans of the Renewal. Yes. And it was a great time in my life. Ultimately, it wasn't for me. But I came back and then I found my call to be a, a witness to our faith, evangelizing yeah. through music and through talks. Yeah. Started uh, giving talks locally in my, my hometown, um, the Diocese of Orange, and started growing into more opportunities. And, and God just used that. And then I found my now wife, and that's another call. Now we have kids, and that's another that's call. That's another so. call, I know. So I guess yeah. everything's a call. <laughs> right, and that's what I love about that question, actually, is that you can take it any way you want. Like, yeah. there's so many different calls from God. I think my listeners would really find it valuable to hear your perspective on how you felt called to be a CFR, and then when you felt called to leave. Yeah. So there's a lot of overwhelm about what if I get sucked into the convent or monastery, like which of course isn't going to happen, but then also how do you know when it's just kind of uh, anxiety over the decision itself or anxiety because I need to leave, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because whenever, whenever people ask me that very question, I tell them one that, I guess my, my easy answer is I tell them that's a very personal experience in that even if I tell you my story, it's not going to be the same for you. Yes. So the way I actually rephrase the question is, if you feel a call or an inkling to discern that in your life, then go do something about it. You know, yes. because there's a lot of people who are 
in perpetual discernment mode or yes. they feel the call and they're kind of scared of it, they don't know what that's about, or, yeah. you know, it's not, there's a number of scenarios. Yeah. But what I try to encourage people to do is, if you feel that call, don't be afraid to explore that by meeting with a spiritual director, uh, visiting a seminary, visiting a religious order. Yes. And even religious orders, it's they're all different. So don't just like go to one, you go to right. a number of them. Right, yes. And see if indeed God is calling um, you to come and see. Come and see where he yeah. is staying in your life, right? Right, totally. And so even while I was there in that process, I had to live a life, the prayer life, the life of fraternity and the mission and meet with my spiritual director and pray. And it was a process, and yeah, it wasn't easy per se to enter, and it wasn't easy to leave. You know, it was a real, uh, it was a real challenge. But in looking back, I see how that has ultimately been a blessing in my life. It's led to a lot, uh, just personally in my development and formation. And so I look back at those years with great fondness, and it's helped me to become a better man. And, I dare say a better husband and dad now, so. Yeah, yeah, my husband and I both discern religious life, and I'm a huge advocate of people discerning. Just cool. because you have nothing to lose. You don't. You only gain. And there's a lot of people who uh, are afraid of wasting time, and I remember that, like going through college, going through high school, you feel like your life is over by the time you turn 30, so you have to live it up in your 20s or whatever. You have to do the perfect thing. What would you say to people who are afraid of, like, going to a, a monastery or convent for a couple of years and then leaving? Like yeah. they've wasted time. Well, if you waste time for God, He's never outdone in generosity. Mm. And that's the truth. Mm. So as long as you don't go off the deep end and <laughs> say, you know what, I don't want you in my life anymore, then He is going to show you how faithful He is. Yes. You know? yes. So I mean, and that, that is the truth. I've seen that in my own life where, you know, in some sense I was set back several years because I was in the process of discerning and thinking, Sell, serve God, and then leaving, I feel like I'm almost back to square one, where it's like yes. I'm living back with my folks. I'm like going to school again, you humbling. Know? Yes, yeah, and it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I'm at a place now where I just look back at all that with gratitude. Yeah, and um, God is truly never outdone in generosity. So. Yes, yeah, I. So I had a big dream, went to New York City to be on Broadway, did some Broadway tours, found success, but I was miserable on my second tour. And I came back to New York and I totally lost my mojo. And I'm like, well, if I don't do this, then what am I gonna do? And I'm working as a waitress. I had no direction or anything. And it was from that place that God really just was like, I want you to take a step back, go back to square one, and that's okay. It's so okay to go back to square one because you don't want to persist and persevere in something that's wrong just for the sake of looking like you know where you're going. Right. And there's a lot of pressure to do that. Yeah. yeah, but it was from that that I was I discerned religious life and then when I felt you know, when I knew that I wasn't called to that, it was like my relationship with my husband, like wouldn't have been possible before I discerned religious life. It wouldn't have been possible to find each other in the way that we did and it wouldn't have yeah. worked out so well. So yeah, it's hard to like, like I think there's sometimes um, you want to know the answer before you can know the answer. Right. But you have to go through the process. Absolutely. Yeah, totally, yes. So let's move on to dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a big one. Okay, so I love that in your talk, A Millennial's Guide to Adulting, you talked about how you, you talk to a lot of young people and a lot of times you hear from the girls that there are no Catholic, good Catholic guys. Yeah. 
and you're like, well, yeah, because you friend zoned them. <laughs> so obviously, we don't want to date someone that we're not attracted to. But where's kind of the line? Where's the, you know, for Catholic girls? Well, I think it's important. I think as a good starting point to avoid extremes, right? Yes. On the spectrum of decision making. Yes. You know, one extreme is I'm going to go after the really cute, quote unquote, hot guy. Like, yeah. It, what's your main demographic here? Is it girls listening to this? Uh, girls and guys, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'd say maybe a few more girls, but yeah. Sure, mm -hmm. so if I'm speaking to the ladies, you know, yeah. one, one extreme is like, I'm going to go after the really like, attractive, charming, hot guy mm -hmm. who is a total and utter train wreck when it comes to his life of faith or morality or values and ethics. And it's like, he has on paper all the things that Hollywood make look really good in a rom-com or some, some yes. sappy thing. <laughs> But yeah, this is not the type of guy you want to start a family with. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is kind of a strange way, especially if you're not a parent yet, to like ask this question. But truly, if you had a daughter in the future, would you want your daughter dating a guy just like this guy that you're with? Ooh, would you feel comfortable one. with that? Yes. Would you feel certain that if they were to move on and get married, that this man would be someone who would one, love her till the end, um, love mm -hmm. their children, lead them to heaven, you know? And if the answer is no, then there you go. That's a pretty clear answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Granted, there's no, no one's perfect out there, right? Right. So right. the other, the other opposite extreme in the spectrum is, um, I'm not going to date any guy until he's St. Joseph. <laughs> right? Yes. But it's like, okay, if you want St. Joseph, that means you need to be Our Lady. <laughs> and frankly, my dear, that's going to be impossible because you're not conceived without sin. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's a balance. It's a, it's a discernment process, yeah. right? And that's why it's so important, like, just akin to you go to religious life and you discern. When you're dating, you need to discern. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You need to figure out, like, are there, how are we doing? You know, yeah, there are emotions, there are attractions, there's hormones involved. They're very powerful, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not enough to build the rest of your life upon. Yes. You know, it's very fleeting. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, marriage is beautiful. Yeah, there are emotions and there's beautiful blessings within marriage and that and that avenue. But it's not all that it is. You know. Yes. It's, it's absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not the cake. That that is the frosting. If you it will. is. I was just talking this um, about this to somebody yesterday, and I was like, um, we were talking about like physical attraction to a guy. Somebody was saying like, oh, I love like physical touch is my main love language, and I was like, well, that's great, but I was like, you know what? I, when my husband and I got married, like, he will come home from work and I'm there having been touched and, like, my children are, like, climbing over me all day. And I'm like, when we were engaged, I would, like, dream of his arms around me and kissing him. <laughs> and now it's been something we've had to work through that I'm yeah. like, honey, I don't want anybody to touch me. Like, my ideal Christmas present would be, like, my own personal island where I could just go live and, like, not see anybody. <laughs> and it sounds terrible to say, but it's not that I'm not attracted to him. It's just that in those moments, I'm so blessed and happy that my husband is a person of character who can work with me through that and, right. and work with me to the point where we both get our needs met because it's it's um it's a negotiation it's a you have to work together so yeah Absolutely. you're totally right yeah. yeah so i mean you know with dating it's it's kind of that necessity to prayerfully and maturely consider like this person yes. that i'm dating they're really nice we have a good time 
that's not enough to fulfill the criteria of can we be married and help each other yes. get home to heaven with the grace and the mercy of Christ. Like, it's it's not enough. So, yes. you know, I would say, like, if there's any red flags that appear in a relationship, you know, say that there's addiction that comes up, or there's some seriously unresolved issues in a person's life, there's yes. a difference if a person is actively working on it and able yeah. to, like, really gain some ground in a certain issue, be it an addiction or just a really harmful behavior or attitude, I mean, or mental health, that's a that's a crucial thing. Wounds in their past. Right, wounds so in their past. Everyone has yeah. baggage, you know? Yes. And that's what makes marriage difficult. But at the yes. same time, there's a difference between someone who's actively seeking to heal and to grow and to better themselves in Christ um, through counseling, through different avenues of healing. And there's some people who are just self-medicating. It's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's not worry about it. Let's just go uh, have drinks and get smashed and yeah. watch sports and just like be entertained ad nauseum and not deal with the real questions. Yeah. And guess what? Life's coming at you. Yes. And so um, look for red flags. Um, obviously, like, you know, a couple's going to get to a point where, you know, maybe earlier than later, sometimes later than earlier, but they're going to get into fights, right? Yeah. Arguments, disagreements. Yeah. yeah. It is so crucial in life to learn how to resolve interpersonal conflict. Hence dating, right? Hence like dating. you kind of learn how your interactions are going right, to go. Right, uh -huh. right. And I mean, relationships, you know, <laughs> I tell young, young adults, it's like, don't ever give in to the disillusion that being in a relationship will solve your problems. It's, it's yeah. not going to solve your problems. In fact, what it's going to do is it's going to bring all of it to the surface and then you're going to have to deal with it. Yes. You know, and that yes. is the difference. Um, and it's good because yeah. one, it gives you an opportunity to acknowledge like, I have some unfinished business. I need to grow in this area in my life. Yeah. I need to grow more like Christ where I'm yes. less selfish. I'm less lustful. I'm less, less greedy. I'm less, whatever, you know, right. the vices. Yeah. And it's a real purifier. And so dating is like part of that process where even in that relationship, you're learning how to grow through these things and totally. to deal with these problems. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I would add to that too. I think there's sometimes an overemphasis, maybe more for women than for men, on finding the guy and thinking that when I find him, my life is going to be perfect or at least my life is going to be much, much, much happier. And like with the right person, yes. But I would say like before you find that person, work on yourself because that is a gift to your future spouse and you don't have to wait for that because your spouse isn't going to make you happy. They will in a sense, but like only God is really going to make you happy. Absolutely. And if you don't have it, like if God isn't enough without a spouse, then he'll never be enough with a spouse. Amen. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. yeah, just that need to, you know, everyone's, everyone who's single and wanting to be married is praying, God, send the right person to me, you know, with all their hundred point criterias. But yeah. But yeah, what I tell people is like, how often are people praying, like, help me to be the best spouse possible for mm. my future spouse mm. or my future vocation in yes. general? Yeah. And that's harder because, you know, people don't like to wait. People don't like to be in limbo, just kind of longing and yes. nothing seems to be being answered. God is always answering our prayers, but the three ways that are distinct in which he answers them is yes, no, or later, not now. Right? We all love the yes because it's immediate. It's like, okay, heck yeah, let's go. Yes. We hate the no because it's like we don't get our way, but we really despise the not now. Yes. Right? Because yes. it's like, if not now, when? Right. And, right. you know, it's a lesson in trust that, you know, I will be better off, I will be blessed if I can truly just trust God and His timing for things. Yes. 
you know. 100%. Yeah, I think about my little sweet kiddos and they'll ask for things, they'll ask for candy, they'll ask for whatever they want. And you know, it's like, they don't see the bigger picture of too much sugar isn't good for me or whatever. And they're asking, asking, and they get Diabetes. upset. What's that? Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Anaphylactic shock. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to you. But it's like their little two-year-old and one-year-old perspective, they just don't see the bigger picture of health and I want to set you up for good habits for your life. And like, if we're honest with ourselves, we standing in the reality of who God is, we have to acknowledge that he's the daddy and we're the little two-year-olds and we just don't see the picture and we would like to think that we do, but um, like even in my own life, kind of like what you said, God can't be outdone in generosity. Like if my husband and I had met like one month earlier, we wouldn't have been ready for each other. Like wow. It was perfect, perfect timing. Wow. You know, so God really does work all things for the good. And um, yeah, I, I just from my own perspective too, I think like, strengthening that relationship with Christ. Yeah. Like, this is what it keeps coming down to on this podcast. Is yeah. like, if you don't have a personal relationship, a personal encounter with Christ, you are not going to have the foundation to discern anything, or you're not going to have the relationship That's so right. that when he tells you, wait, not now, yeah. you can only do that if you trust someone. You can only really wait well if Absolutely. you trust someone. Absolutely. Yeah. In all the different chapters of my life, like if I could go back in time and just trust more, I would seek to like resolve that, you know, because yes, me too. Yeah, all the times that like I was just so busy grasping for like what I thought was the best thing, and yes. that's when I like would hurt myself and others the most. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're and not thinking with a kingdom mindset. You're yeah. thinking with I what I need. How do I get what I need? How exactly. do I get what I want? Yeah, yeah. That's so true. And mm -hmm. you know, if I could go back, it's I don't want to obviously because I'm just glad we're here in God's mercy. Yes, uh, absolutely makes all things you know new again, but. At the same time, yeah, it's just uh, the need to trust and just surrender, and that's not an easy task, but it's well worth it, because when God does bring us His best, you know, we'll be grateful that we waited. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's it's funny because I, when I think about the times when I wasn't acting out of that get-what-I-can mentality, you know, grasp whatever I can while it's here, um, were the times that I went uh, and served other people. And I would say, like, even if I didn't monetarily gain anything, you know, I, I did some weeks of service, I just um, came back from those with the greatest feeling of gratification and expanded my mind um, to the point where I could see, like, nothing that, I think Leodero actually just posted this on Instagram, it was like, there is no decision you're going to make that will affect just you. Yeah. It's going to affect, like, every single decision. Even if you're choosing to, like, be on your phone scrolling instead of being present to the person in front of you. That's right. That's a decision that's going to affect them. Even if like you could say, well, it's it's not hurting anybody, but actually it kind of is. I don't mean to put like too much guilt or pressure on anyone yeah. here, you know, yeah. but it's like, how can we think with more of a kingdom mindset, more of a mind for service? Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, I know we only have a couple minutes left here, but um, <laughs> what advice would you give to a guy? So this is for the gentlemen, maybe for the ladies as well, who knows? A guy for, who wants to ask a girl out. Mm. How to do that? Because this, I feel like, is becoming a lost art of yeah. men asking women out. For, uh, first of all, they don't do it. Or if they do, it's like, or some, some men, some men do it. But um, some men will just be like, um, you want to hang out? So what would yes. you, yeah, <laughs> let's hang. And you're like, what does this mean? All right, gentlemen, listen up <laughs> right now. I want to tell you something. You need to initiate. You need to want, be the one who asks her out. Your mom can't do it. Don't do it online. Don't do it through DM. Don't be a creeper. 
guys, uh, guys in particular, it's like, yeah, they, they need to, you know, there's this universal fear in all the hearts of men that we will be rejected. Yeah. That we, oh, we won't yeah. have what it takes. That's like, that's mm. the fear in the heart of man, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, it's this fear that if I ask this girl out who I'm attracted to, she's going to say no, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. I'm going to shrivel into a little man and die, right? <laughs> and that's no, you'll be fine. And, you know, I joke around. I'm like, the worst, what is the worst thing that she can say? Uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah it's, it's painful. It stings. But, you know, go cry in your room. Don't cry in front of her, right? <laughs> I mean, if she has like sure. more colorful things to say than that, then that's not the woman you wanted to be with anyway. Yes. So a woman of that kind of character, that's that's not that's not good, you know? Yes. So good, you just dodged a bullet in life. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a great yeah, way to yeah, think yeah. of it. Yeah. I love but, it. But I honestly, like most women, even ones I, that I have like asked out and it was like, oh no, thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it stings, but it's like, okay, good. You just narrowed down your search. There's only four other billion women who, who might be your potential. <laughs> it's an exhausting process, but good luck yes. finding her. But I think um, what ladies really appreciate, guys, is a man who knows what he wants, who's direct, who's confident. Uh, it's important to do a couple things, actually, before you even get to this point of executing the ask out, right? Is, mm -hmm. you know, it's like work on yourself. Learn how to carry a conversation. Yeah. I do meet guys out there, girls included, but, but guys who, they just don't know how to carry a conversation. Mm, it's an art. It is an art. And if you don't know how to do that, just look it up online. I swear you can YouTube anything nowadays. <gasps> Wait, there's a website called The Art of Manliness. I feel okay, like, yeah, I yeah. don't know if they have something on that, but I am... They have a whole I, spectrum of topics. I don't. They may yes. or may not have something like that, but... Okay, I'll go research it, and if there's anything good, I'll put it in the show notes. Because yeah, I feel like that might have a, a something on there, yeah. Yeah, but totally, just, you know... Learn how to carry a conversation. Yeah. If you are not good at that, then work on that. Yeah. Do the do the the training sequence, right? Where you're learning to get out of your comfort zone. Approach strangers. Mm. Go and talk to people. Ask open-ended questions. Show interest. Keep yes. eye contact, but not with a death stare. You know? There's like little social cues that are really, really important, you know? Yes, yes. So all of these things, um, you know, it is an art and it does take practice. And you know, just to get honest feedback from like close friends who it's yeah. like, dude, like, do I are there anything like any social things where I come off a little bit weird or like I could mm. improve in an area? That's a like a humbling thing to ask. Yeah. But honestly, like sometimes I meet dudes and I'm like, I almost want to sit down and be like, bro, don't do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> it's gonna help you out in life. Yes. It's strange because like what makes for a pleasant social interaction and an awkward one is a very fine line. Yeah. But yeah. there's certain cues that when people like they don't know. And so Yeah. Learning how to carry a conversation, learning how to um, carry yourself in a confident manner, mm. having good personal hygiene. <laughs> you know, learning It's sad that needs to be said, yeah, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, like if you can't <laughs> grow a full beard, don't try it. Oh, you yeah. Know what I, it's okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, like oh, I remember those you days, know, high school. A little facial hair is nothing wrong with it, but if it's like if it's coming out weird, then yeah, just like you be you, but not like that. <laughs> <laughs> you be you, but not like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, pause. You're talking. I think you're right in all of that. And you know what I'm thinking of is like if you can't initiate asking someone out, I don't know that you can initiate in marriage mm. because the whole relationship. I mean, think of 
like just even the like the sexual act like the man initiates not not like always all the time everything it's a give and take but you in in so many areas finances he's the decision maker in our family and I like that I love having a man who I can trust to make decisions because I don't always want to make the decisions and sometimes you know and and it's not always easy you know Um, and he respects everything uh, you know everything that I think and everything that I want he totally and it's always a a negotiation especially if it's something like we have different domains so if it's like something to do with like home decor like he's totally you know I won the argument about whether or not to get a sectional sofa we now have a beautiful (laughs) sectional sofa Um, but if it's something like finances or the direction that our family's taking like I trust him um, because he showed me in our dating relationship that he could take responsibility asking me out um, yes and 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 asking those open-ended questions and saying like okay I'm gonna find a way like he didn't have a car he didn't even have a phone when we met but he like found a way to make it happen he was like I'm gonna show up I'm gonna drive six hours to come take you on a date that's what he did and I was like you know what I respect that and guys who have asked me out if I don't feel attracted to them and I say no there's no way I'm gonna be like oh how dare you you know what I mean it's like I respect them and they have I'm like I I, even if I'm not feeling that you know that like yeah let's let's have babies it's like (laughs) (laughs) if I'm not in that place when they ask me out I'm still flattered and I'm still there's there's no disrespect whatsoever so yeah yeah totally I agree with what you're saying yeah you know once again it there's some there's some training that needs to take place in our lives before we can even initiate that conversation especially if you're a young adult it's like yeah yeah you don't have to have all of your life goals already met yeah you you don't have to be making six figures driving a nice car having a a nice house you know and you know what don't pretend like you're there either but you know what a woman wants to know is that you have goals you're driven you're working towards it. You're not just sitting around on your butt, you know? Yes, yes. You're not just having mommy provide everything for you. They want to know that you're you're a man who is self-sufficient. And if yeah. you're not completely, you're at least working towards it. Yes. And uh-huh. and that's part of also just preparing yourself because uh-huh. once again, it's not just about dating the girl and like becoming a boyfriend and girlfriend. It's working towards ultimately discerning marriage. And then yes. how are you going to provide for your family? Yeah. Will you have enough drive to do what it takes to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And yeah. all this goes back to initiation. Like mm. the Father in heaven initiates creation. Yes. He initiates sending his son. He initiates. And we as men share not just in our gender, but even in our like our soul. Like our body and soul is one, right? Mm. And so it's like it goes back to the understanding of the theology of the body that as males, we're not just a body, we're a soul, but even our soul is masculine. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that we are called to initiate like the Father does, and to not be afraid. Obviously, to do it with wisdom and tact. But yeah, it's like asking the girl is one thing. So going back to the practical of that, like, what do you do? Do you use a pickup line? Generally not. <laughs> you have some awesome pickup yeah, yeah, lines. Yeah. That one about, oh my gosh, people need to just go listen to your talks <laughs> and book you for a talk to come give those pickup lines in, in the, the arena, whatever space, because you have the best ones I've ever heard. But anyway. Yeah, but you know, it's as simple as this, guys. You, you meet a nice girl, you feel like an attraction, you, you'd like to get, her know, get to know her more. It's as simple as this. Hey, fill in the blank. Not an adjective for like what you call a woman. But her name, okay? Her name. Hey, baby. Hey, her, her hey there, dame. Uh, no, that won't work. That won't fly. But you know, hey, Sarah. Hey, whoever. Yeah. In my case, it was like Maggie. 
Um, hey, fill in the blank. I had a really great time talking to you. I'd love to get to know you more. Yes. Can I take you on a date for some coffee sometime? Yeah. Easy. Yes. All right. That I might feel like. Dinner. Yeah. Take you out to dinner. Say the word date, though. Yeah. Right. Say That's the, word the key. Date. Yeah. To really yes. clarify right. so that there's no mystery, because girls will yes. hang out with guys not knowing that it's anything more than platonic. Like. Right. You yeah. have. Yes. You have to reveal that you are interested in them in a romantic yeah. way. Because uh, I had that happen so many times, and I'm like, is should I invite a f another friend? Is this a, <laughs> a hangout or is this a yeah. is this a date? And I didn't know. And it's like, uh, do, do I when the waitress brings a check, do I say like? Oh, split it, or do I let him pay because it's a date? True. Just clarity is a beautiful thing so yeah, that it is. you can dress and act appropriately. You're not confused, you know, and that's happened before, and it's like it's messy. It is. And yeah. you end up feeling like this guy just like you feel like you've been blindsided a little bit, even though even if that's not what the guy intended. Yeah. Just yeah. clarity, clarity and charity, like they say exactly. on EWTN radio. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is important. So. Yeah. Cool. They ask the girl out, and then if she says yes, great, move forward. Yes. And so what she'll do is you'll say, okay, cool, like, um, I'll, I'll call you or text you in a few days or yes. tomorrow, and I'll let you know, well, actually, I would say, in that moment, say, hey, would next Friday work? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. and what time would work for you? And yeah. then just set the time. And then, gentlemen, figure out the place, figure out where. Don't pick McDonald's. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is nice, but it's still not going to go to there. a nice place. You don't have to take yeah. it to a steakhouse, but you know, take it to a decent restaurant, yeah. a nice cafe, something. Yeah. You know, don't take your arm on this like bachelorette outing. Yeah, it's too <laughs> much too. No, just something casual and nice, yes. classy. Yes. You know, offer to pick her up. If she wants to meet you there, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, and I would add to that, ask her if she's allergic or likes anything in particular. That's right. There yeah. you go. Just to take her preferences. Because if she's vegan, yeah. you might want to discern and reconsider if you want to go out with her. <laughs> no, sorry. Nope, never mind. Not called to marry Sorry, you. no meat. No, thank you. <laughs> I had a guy ask me on a date one time, and he had a whole day planned with an art museum visit, and then um, he did actually take me to Chick-fil-A, but it was, in, it was intentional because it was, I had mentioned that I missed uh, Chick-fil-A in New York, and there so he was like, I remember you said you missed it. So he took me out to breakfast, art museum, uh, and it ended up with dinner at Chick-fil-A, and then <laughs> and then dancing, which was wonderful, yeah. but it was a little much for the first date. It was pressure. That is a lot. Yeah, it was a yeah, lot. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, it would have been nice to just meet up for a couple hours with the option to extend. There you go. Or yeah. the option to say, you know what, I'm just not. And I did tell him at the end of the day, I said, but then it made me feel so bad saying, like, I just don't feel like I'm your, like, I just don't feel called. Like, I don't feel like I'm your future wife. And it wasn't a cop-out, like, I don't feel called, but it was like, I just don't, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm just not, I, I would like to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. And it, yeah. And yeah, it hurts and you have to move forward. And Yeah. But at the same time, it's good because yeah. now yeah. you can move forward and you can discern and you can learn yes. from that. And it's not a knock on your value, your worth, your character. Not at all. I respect him so much yeah, because absolutely. he did the manly thing and he really tried and absolutely. it was, yeah, no loss of respect for him whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Paul. Stacey, really awesome, awesome advice. Uh, my listeners are going to love this episode. Thank you and God bless. Yeah, you're welcome. God yeah. bless you. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording with Paul. If you have not yet left an iTunes review, it would so make my day if you would. I 
just love reading all of the iTunes reviews. They've really been flowing in lately and I'm just so grateful to you guys. It only takes about 10 seconds if you haven't made one yet. I also want to give a shout out to Brandon and Tracy Button, my new Patreon community members. Super, super happy you guys are on board. So thank you for joining me. If you want to check out my Patreon community and join, it's growing. Patreon.com slash called and caffeinated. Have a fantastic two weeks and don't forget to stick around for the beautiful If I Loved You coming up in just a second right here.